What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We're finally back. Preseason basketball has begun. The Los Angeles Lakers already two games under their belt. Uh, Lakers so far 1-1. Not that the actual record matters, but it's nice to see the Lakers out there. It's nice to see some of the main players getting some run, and it just shows you that we're that much closer to the season starting, a season that I think a lot of expecting, a lot of high hopes for the Lakers this upcoming year. Um, Apparently not from the NBA GMs when they do that annual survey. Uh, nobody picking the, the Lakers to win it all, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, we got a lot to get into. I want to give some thoughts so far into the preseason, individual players, some of the depth that you saw from the Lakers yesterday, eight guys scoring double figures. What is Darvin Ham going to do with that starting lineup? We know four guys. We don't know the fifth starter. Um, and then there's some other topics that I think are interesting as well. How important is the regular season for the Lakers and just seeing how the last couple of years played out. Um, how important is the seedings going to be for the Lake Show? Uh, Darvin Ham talked about how he wants to see Anthony Davis shoot six threes per game. That's an interesting one. And then I'll preview a couple of these other games coming up uh, for the rest of the week. So we got a lot to get into. If you want to be a part of the show, you can always feel free to call in. I'll do my best to get to the calls, uh, 877-710-ESPN. And Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to come on in about a half hour or so. Okay, let's get started on the Lakers preseason so far. Um, I mentioned in the beginning, don't pay too close of attention to the actual score uh, as in the result of the game. Just watch the basketball. All right, what's it look like? What The players that are playing, are they jiving together? Uh, what players you know are coming back? And there's only so much that you can take from a preseason game. I'm mean, going to use yesterday as an example. I think Lakers went up at at some point. They were up, uh, they were up big yesterday, and then in the fourth quarter, they found themselves down one, and they end up winning the game. Okay, that's not that big. I think they had a 19 point lead at something, uh, something along those lines at at one point. The the thing that I've noticed so far in the preseason for the Lakers, um, a couple things. First off. D'Angelo Russell is uh, looks very, very comfortable out there. I think that's two games in a row. He had one game where he played the first half. Yesterday, he played the first half as well. I think 16 points in one game, 14 points in another, 5 of 8 from the field, 6 of 8 from from the field in the, uh, in the other game. So his stats have been remarkable. Hit four threes yesterday. Um, it, it, it's nice to see a player like D'Angelo Russell walk into a year, which I, I personally, for me, I don't think there's crazy pressure on D'Angelo Russell. There's so much talent on this Lakers team right now. They're not dependent on a D'Angelo Russell, which, by the way, I thought last year they were depending on him to deliver more in the playoffs, deliver more against the Denver Nuggets. But this Lakers team has some incredible depth. I've enjoyed seeing D'Lo so far in the preseason. Anthony Davis, okay, there's another player. It's It's not like Andy's out there playing 35 minutes a game, but he's played both games, played two halves. Uh, I know yesterday I want to say 13 and 7 and three block shots in only 14 minutes. Um, he is taken six threes so far. He's hit 50% from the three-point line, three of six, very small sample size. But I know that's something that is important for the Lakers. It sounds like they want him taking more and more threes. His jumper is going to be important. Um, and then some other individual players, you know, watching Rui Hachimura out there, he looks like he's – Exactly like he was in the postseason for the Lakers, where I really feel like that what that's what kind of earned him his check, that three years, $51 million deal. 
Uh, but Rui yesterday had 19 points, 8 of 14 from the field. He had five rebounds. So just looking at some of the individual guys, the guys that you think are going to get some good run uh, this year that are going to be important key pieces, it's nice to see them play. Austin Reeves got a chance to play yesterday. He didn't play in the first game. Reeves had 18 points. Uh, LeBron we got a chance to see for the first time yesterday as well. He had 10 and 5. So you, you just had yet a number of players so far in the preseason that you just want to see them get some action without paying too close of attention to the result of the game and you know hanging on every possession and say, well, what's this guy doing? How come Darvin Ham's not doing that? That's not what preseason is for. And I think everybody understands that. And, and I, I think that's just kind of the reality of the situation for the Lakers. The, do, the, the thing that I do find most interesting so far in preseason is we have four guys that we know are going to start for the Lakers. You know Austin Reeves is starting. LeBron, Anthony Davis. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we got a chance to hear Rob Palenka and uh, Darvin Ham talk. This was before training camp started. It was a couple days before media day. And Darvin Ham said, look, D'Lo's our starter at point guard. There's no conversation here. It's going to be D'Angelo Russell's position. So let's, let's move on. Um, the only position that we don't know is who's going to start with those four. I thought early on that it, it might be a situation where they wanted to go big and they might want to take kind of a, a model that they've had in the past with JaVale McGee more because Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. So I thought Jackson Hayes might fall into that spot. But the reality is I think it's going to be one of these wing players. I think the more that um, you know we're getting a chance to, to watch the Lakers and the more that uh, you know we're hearing from some of the uh, either the coaching staff or or watching who they're putting into that position. I think it's becoming more and more clear that it's coming down to three different players. Last night we got a chance to watch Torian Prince in the starting lineup. Torian Prince had a very interesting couple of games. The first game he played, the first preseason game, I want to say he had five fouls in about nine or ten minutes, and I'm not exaggerating here. He literally had five fouls in nine or ten minutes. I think he fouled out in 13 minutes of play. So it wasn't exactly the greatest performance by Torian Prince. Um, it's actually kind of funny that that happened, but it is preseason. I know they're not too worried about that. But Torian Prince is uh, a player that had an opportunity to start yesterday. I think it's going to come down to Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, and Rui Hachimura. Me personally, I'd like to take one guy off that list right out the gate. Um, I I think Rui Hachimura is going to close out a lot of games. I think Rui Hachimura is going to be a player that's getting 25 to 30 minutes a game. I think Rui, if you listen to him, they had, Lakers had a practice last week, and he talked after one of the practices. And he spent some time talking about how he's not concerned about the starting lineup. I want to close games. I want to play a bulk of the minutes. And it was very selfless in what he was saying. By the way, a lot of these guys have sounded selfless so far. Um, I, I want to take Rui off the list because I want to see Rui just be an incredible threat off the bench, get a little bit more opportunity, show what he can do on the offensive end, um, probably pair him with Christian Wood and let those guys try to uh, deliver while Anthony Davis is getting some rest or Bron's getting some rest. But when push comes to shove, I think Rui's going to get a lot of those minutes towards the end. So to me, it's coming down to Jared Vanderbilt or Torian Prince getting into that starting role. And that doesn't mean they're, they're one of the five best players on this Lakers team. It means sometimes you start a game with guys very strategically so that you could 
use some of the players that you have. You can give uh, opportunities for other players to, to kind of shine. You do your best to, to take what one player has, what their strength is, and to highlight it with the proper players. Um, I, I, I like the concept. I like the idea. Last week I did some uh, stuff with uh, some work with Spectrum Sportsnet, and we were, that, that was a conversation. Hey, who would you put in as, as the starting five? And I said the kind of dark horse for me is Torian Prince. Yesterday we had a, a chance to see what he could do for the Lakers. Um, he's a nice threat, and I know that not that many people are going to talk about him, and that's okay. But he's a vet, been in the league for a long time. Uh, he could hit his threes. He could play defense. He could hold his own. He's a tough player. If you guys remember him, the Lakers had that um, the playing tournament. They had to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves in that game down at Crypto before this, they started the series with the Memphis Grizzlies. Torrey Prince got a lot of minutes because I'm forgetting the guy's name off the top of my head that, that broke his hand by punching a wall. You had Gobert that in playing that game as well. Um, so he got a lot of run. He got a lot of opportunity. He was really, really good against the Lakers in that game. I've seen him in the league for a while deliver, uh, especially because he doesn't need the ball. You don't have to run a play for him. You could just let the guy do his thing, and, and, and he could usually shine in that uh, in that uh, position. Now, if it's not him and it's Jared Vanderbilt, I'm okay with that as well. And this is going to lead me to some of the depth that the Lakers have and, and the options that Darvin Ham has. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit about it after free agency, and then they eventually signed Christian Wood, so they added even more depth. And now we're actually getting a chance to see it in preseason play, and we'll, we'll let it develop, let it marinate a little bit. But I know there's a lot of people making a case that, no, no, throw Jared Vanderbilt in there. Vanderbilt had some starts last year. Vanderbilt is very flexible where you can put him. Um, he also offers another player that can go get some boards and he can play defense and he is the definition of somebody that does not need the ball. The one thing that he does lack, he lacks some of the offensive ability to be a threat for the Lakers. But I think it's going to come down to one of those two guys uh, to grab that final spot. And and this is part of, uh, I said this before and I'll say it again, this really, really is part of the flexibility that the Lakers have and the options that the Lakers have, and um, it, it's a fantastic, fantastic position for the Lakers to be in. So I want to do a couple things when we come back here. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time on some of the flexibility that the Lakers do have, like I mentioned. They had eight guys scoring double figures yesterday, eight guys. And why that's going to be so important this upcoming year that they have multiple guys that contribute uh, really more than anything else to try to take a little bit of the load off of LeBron and Anthony Davis in an 82-game set. So I know that's important. Quick reminder here, uh, Lakers Talk is presented to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Rush into your neighborhood Valvoline, Valvoline and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Um, if uh, it's time to get your car serviced, don't think twice. Go to Valvoline. They'll help take care of everything for you. Okay, a lot to get into when we come back. If you want to be a part of the show, I mentioned I threw out the number a little bit earlier, 877-710-ESPN. And uh, just a quick reminder, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Lakers Talk is presented to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood, Valvoline, and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. It's so easy. It takes about 15 minutes. Just go to the website, and they will take uh, good care of you. Um, talking uh, in the break there, and it, it's funny to, to look at the rest of the Western Conference and just how competitive the West is going to be. Um, one of the things I, I think is going to be so important for the Lakers is let, let me use last night's game as a good example. I know it's preseason. I, I'm very well aware. But Lakers had eight guys scoring double figures yesterday, eight. And that's going to be one of the strengths that the Lakers have night in and night out. Let me let me, let me me give you an example here. The AD, LeBron, D'Lo, Austin Reeves, okay, don't worry about those four. Those They're going to do what they do. Rui, he's going to do what he does. But the fact that Torian Prince and Christian Wood and, you know, I, I think eventually uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, Max Christie's got a ton of potential. They got a lot of guys that can put the ball in the bucket. They got a lot of guys that have roles. They have a lot of guys that night in and night out, it could be a different guy that steps up. Uh, Travis and I were having this conversation. I think it was late last week. We're having the conversation in the morning and it was hey, are, are the standings all that big of a deal for the Lakers? Or is it just, hey, get in and be healthy, and it doesn't matter. Look, the Lakers were number seven. They took out the number two Memphis Grizzlies. They took out the number three Golden State Warriors. They lost to the Denver Nuggets. I don't know if home court advantage would have been the difference in that series. Um, but this is a that's kind of a debate that we have every year. And for certain teams, I think it's very important. That seeding is a, in, incredibly important. I know the Sacramento Kings did not beat the Golden State Warriors, but... Uh, this kind of goes against my, you know, my my theme here, but I think there's certain teams. You go if the Oklahoma City Thunder make the playoffs, I'm, I'm sure it's very important for them to get to 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 have some home court. Um, there's certain teams out there where I think home court is a it's a big deal. Here's what's different about the Lakers this year. I, I think the depth that the Lakers have. I think the fact that they're not going to have to depend, at least in my opinion, 
on LeBron James and Anthony Davis every single night. If those guys don't perform great, then the Lakers just can't win the game. I don't think it's going to be like that. Now, the seedings to me, I do think are important. And I'll tell you what I'm referring to with the Lakers when it comes to that. I, I, I Listen, whether they're... Uh, if they're a two seed or a three seed, do I think that's going to make the difference? Oh, maybe it can. Maybe it can. But this is what the Lakers, I, I, I think, the position that they can't be in. Last year, they did everything they possibly can in every game they played for the last, what, 22, 24 games. It felt like a playoff game. And every night was... They have to win it or they literally might not make the playoffs. Or they're in the playing tournament, but they're the number nine seed. And now they have to, yes, they get one game at crypto, but if they lose, they're out. And then the next game, they're going to have to go on the road. Every game was so important because they were just trying to get into the playoffs. And I know they won two rounds and they got to the Western Conference Finals, but... I think there's a lot of times, I know for me, I was going into games in the pregame and I kept saying to myself, and I, I would, you know, when I'm doing the pregame show with Michael, it was, uh, the games that they lost, I felt like they, they just didn't have enough tank left in the gas, or they didn't have enough gas left in the tank, and the games that they won, sometimes it had to do with, okay, well, they had a day off and things just kind of lined up perfect. I just don't want them to be in that situation. So... Whether you think the Lakers need to be a top three seed, top four seed, top six seed, whatever you think it is, I just don't want the Lakers having to fight tooth and nail for 82 games just again the postseason. That's the only thing that I, I pay close attention to. So this regular season, I think there's enough talent there. There's enough minutes there. As Rob Palenka said during one of the pressers, there's enough food for everybody to eat. What he means by that is they're going to use a lot of these guys and the guys are going to get their opportunities. You don't want the Lakers to shoot all their bullets in the regular season or to be in a position where they're where they're, they're fighting in this playing tournament just to get into the freaking playoffs. The West is going to be competitive. The West has some really good teams. But I also think that the Lakers have enough depth that they don't have to put themselves in a position where we're sitting here in the final couple of weeks of March or in the first week of April and we're saying Lakers got to win four of their next five or they're going to be in that playing term. I just, I, I, that part I don't want to do anymore. I think they're a good enough team and a good enough roster where they should be top three, top four in the Western Conference. Whether that's a priority or not, we'll have to wait and see. Whether LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know, obviously making sure health-wise, that's a question mark for every team out there. It's not just the Lakers. Uh, But that would be my case of why the regular season is so important for the Lakers to just, just don't dig yourself such a hole. And I know last year is a bad example to give because they started out 2-10. and 10, They changed their roster at the trade deadline and things improved drastically. I, I just expect things to go a lot better because we don't have to go through any of that stuff last year. That the, this team is in such a better position. They're not starting out um, you know, a mile behind the pack. They get to actually start out at 0-0 and everybody just kind of goes from there. Um 
I think some of the talent that I'm talking about too, I think there's going to be a lot of games in the regular season where D'Lo can carry you a little bit. Austin Reeves can carry you a little bit. Rui can carry you a little bit. Gabe Vincent can carry you a little bit. Christian Wood can carry Jared Vanderbilt. Go down the list of all these other players that it's not just on LeBron James' back and it's on Anthony Davis's back. And you don't, you don't want it to be on their back at this stage. LeBron, you know, I, I know I say it every time, but LeBron's about to start his 21st season in the league. And if you go look at the stats, the stats will tell you, hey, the dude is still making it happen. He's still contributing. But that's not ideal. It's not ideal to have LeBron. I, 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 we don't want to see LeBron average 29 points a game again. No, we want him to average 25. I'd love to see LeBron's assists start going up and his points start coming down. That Bron could be more of a facilitator. He's saving some of that energy. Um, I, I think that's a, a much better plan. It's much more strategic, and it's uh, it's much better off for the Lakers long term as you get ready for the postseason than it is on a uh, on a short term basis. So uh, seedings. Can we just go get uh, one of those top four picks or one of the top four seeds? Am I asking for too much there? I don't think I'm asking for too much. Uh, But the West, I know, is going to be incredibly competitive. And I mean, if you just look at some of the preseason games the Lakers have, all the teams that the Lakers face are basically playoff teams. I don't know what what Brooklyn will end up doing, but all the other teams definitely are. Um, I was reading this thing earlier today that Darvin Ham wants Anthony Davis to take six threes per game. That threw me off a little bit. Uh, AD, I I was reading this article, Dave McMenamin had it out a little bit earlier, and I want to say AD last season averaged uh, 1.3 attempts last year. The most he's ever averaged in a season was with the Lakers in the 2019-2020 season where he averaged three and a half. So basically, you're asking Anthony Davis to, at the minimum, um, double what he's been doing, at least for the last couple of years. And it's interesting, that strategy. I'm, I'm not sure how crazy I am about it, but I want to talk about it with Trevor Lane when we come back. Uh, we'll spend a little time on it and uh, get his thoughts on what he's seen so far in preseason basketball, get his thoughts on who he thinks the number five starter is going to be. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Lakers uh, back in action uh, tomorrow. Uh, pre-game show will start at 5.30. Tip-off's going to be at 7 o'clock in Anaheim. I always find those games so fun. Uh, I'll be down there in Anaheim, but it, it's cool to uh, – you got these other markets that absolutely love, adore the Lakers, and they get a chance in preset. That's actually how I started watching Lakers when I was a kid. They'd come down to San Diego uh, once a year, and I thought it was uh, Christmas every time they would do it. Uh, so down in Anaheim tomorrow, Lakers uh, taking on the Sacramento Kings. want to welcome in uh, Trevor Lane who covers the Lakers, does a, a great, great job on Lakers Nation. Um, Trev, uh, we're finally here, man. We got we got stuff to talk about. We got games to react to. How are you doing on this uh, on this Tuesday evening? 
Alan, I'm doing great. I'm I'm thrilled like you are that Lakers basketball is back. It feels like for the moment we've got uh, we've got what we've been waiting for, and we got a we certainly had an exciting game the other night to to break down. So this is fantastic to get real yeah, Lakers I mean, basketball to dive into. People are talking about college football, NFL, MLB plays. Guys, put that to the side. We got preseason basketball. I'm trying to explain to them, Trevor. They're they're just not <laughs> listening to me here. Um, hey, let, let, let's start with this. I, I just started the conversation about it, and uh, this one surprised me a little bit. But Darvin Ham was talking about um, they had practice earlier today, and uh, he was talking about w- what his goals are. One of his goals are for Anthony Davis. I'll read the quote. He said, "I want him if he can. I know he won't do it, but maybe he'll." But maybe he'll shock me. Uh, I've requested to see six three-point attempts a game, three and a half at least. I wouldn't put that on him if I didn't think he was capable. Um, just to give you some numbers, Anthony Davis last year shot 1.3 three-pointers a game. The most he's ever taken in a season is 3.53s. That was the year the Lakers won the championship in the bubble. Um Percentage-wise, last season, about 26%. What's your thoughts on trying to see an AD get further away from the basket and rely more on the three-point line? Well, I think that the the Lakers have been playing a lot of five-out in the first two preseason games so far. So I I do think that more three-point attempts are coming. I think, let's be real, Darvin Ham is crazy to think he's going to shoot six three-pointers a game, like you said, three and a half per game is his career high, and that number slipped all the way down uh, to 1.3 last season. But we've heard this before, Alan. Frank Vogel talked about this after the Lakers won a championship, that he wanted Anthony Davis to increase his three-point attempts. The numbers went down every year. He does look more comfortable in these first two preseason games shooting that three. I hope that that becomes more of a weapon for him because that's only going to serve to open things up. And you talked about after practice today. D'Angelo Russell was talking about it. Darvin Ham was talking about what the added floor spacing means. Even Jackson Hayes was talking about this, too, by having all these guys who can shoot the three. And AD, at least shooting a respectable percentage from out there, it's going to help everybody else on the floor. But as you kind of hinted at there, you don't necessarily want him completely pulled away from the basket. He's going to do a lot of his damage at the rim. A few three-point attempts to keep defenses honest, sure. Six a game, no. Let's not go crazy. Well, I, I think, too, I mean, to be honest with you, there's a lot of times that if I'm a defense and I'm trying to figure out how to stop Anthony Davis, um, I'm living with him taking a jumper. I'm living with him 18, 19, 20 feet away from the basket because he's so good and he's so skilled and he has a little bit of old school in him in the sense that his back to the basket and he could hit the glass and he's got good touch or he can get your big man into foul trouble and now all of a sudden your big man's got four fouls in the first half and Anthony Davis is living at the line. I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to come down to are the threes falling or are they not? Are the jumpers falling or are they not? Because I, I do think there's going to be some teams out there that say, you want him to take six threes a game? We'll live with that because we don't really have too many options of how to stop him if he's down in the block. Sure. Yeah, that'll be a thing. Teams will be willing to live with it, but there's going to be a breaking point. Can he shoot the 33% that we saw him into the 2019-2020 season? Because at that rate, teams are going to have to get out there. And defend him. But if he's shooting, say, 26% like he did last season, they're going to be more willing to live with that. So the question is, can he convert at a, at a high enough rate? Because I think it can be a weapon for him, but 
again, he's so good around the rim. You just don't want him necessarily falling in love with the three. He's not going to turn into Brooke Lopez or anything like that overnight. Uh, Trevor Lane taking some time to join us here on uh, on Lakers Talk. So, Trev, it's, it's interesting because he had a couple preseason games so far. Can't really take too much from them. It's more just, all right, let these guys get some run. Are there some lineups that you like? Yesterday the Lakers tried uh, Torian Prince in that starting lineup. Granted, Jared Vanderbilt was not available, and you know LeBron and Austin Reeves made their debuts yesterday. Um, what would you like to see with the Lakers do with that fifth and final uh, spot in the starting rotation, and, and what do you think they will do? So... I think that what we're going to see them do, and this is what I would like, I thought that Rui was going to be the guy as of a few weeks ago. Now I'm leaning into it being Jared Vanderbilt. It seems like it's going to be, it's going to go to him just based on the, the moves that we've seen them make. I think Torian Prince made a really good case for the job with his, with his three point shooting. That's what he uh, brings. But Jared Vanderbilt, he's been working on that corner three. If he can shoot it at, at a high enough clip, I just look at that Lakers starting five with D'Lo, with Austin Reeves, with LeBron, Anthony Davis. I think Vanderbilt's skill set fits extremely well with that. It's possible that Torian Prince's three-point shooting gives you such a boost on the offensive end and so much more floor spacing that that's the way they go. But I think Vando, they just committed to him long-term, gave him a new contract, and if he can knock down those corner threes at a high enough rate, add that to the defense he provides, the rebounding, the hustle – flying everywhere all over the floor, and being able to check the other team's best perimeter player. I think all of those things say that Jared Vanderbilt's going to ultimately get the job. And I think that's, that's probably the way to go, while knowing that if you need outside shooting, you can slide Torian Prince in without a problem mid-game. Uh, look, the Lakers are going to have their options, and that's kind of the beauty, the, the position that the Lakers are in. Eight guys scored in double figures yesterday. I think there's going to be a lot of games that we're looking at. Wow, look at the balance. Wow. Um you know, you don't have to depend just on LeBron James and Anthony Davis to win you a game. Uh, what have you noticed so far in preseason basketball? What, what's kind of stood out to you as far as how many players and options that the Lakers are going to have and whether it's put this guy in the starting lineup. Clo- you can close with X amount of different players. When you need a lineup that's more about size, you can go here. A lineup that's more about speed, you have different options. What, what, just what have you noticed about some of the flexibility that the Lakers have? Yeah, it's been really apparent how many different options. I thought that was, especially last night in that game, because it seemed like Darvin Ham, while LeBron was on the floor, he was trying to to cycle through as many rotations as he could just to get LeBron a little bit of experience uh, playing with a lot of different guys. And so we saw, we even saw a big lineup that had LeBron, that had AD, you had Christian Wood out there as well. I think that Darvin Ham is going to have so many different options that are feasible. And we didn't have this last year. This year, you've got this Lakers team where you can put together so many different combinations that on paper make sense. And that is part of the, the brilliance of this roster build. And it's going to give Darvin Ham, again, a lot of optionality this season. So I like what they've been doing so far in preseason in terms of just experimenting with a lot of different lineups and things because ultimately they're going to have to settle and have some consistency. But whatever direction they want to go, they've got the pieces to do it. Whether they want to play big, small, fast, slow, whatever, Darvin Ham has all the tools that he needs at his disposal with this team. Uh, Trevor Lane joining us here from uh, Lakers Nation on Lakers Talk. Um, You could uh, catch Trevor Lane. uh, does so much on Lakers Nation fantastic on the podcast the youtube channel everything so make sure uh, you, you you follow trevor lane and his work around lakers basketball um trevor 
I find the conversation always interesting. D'Angelo Russell is a polarizing player uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. I know Laker fans. I found myself getting caught up into it a lot as well, really paying attention. Okay, how's D'Lo doing? How can he become this threat, that threat? How's D'Lo doing in the playoffs? Is he is he closing out games? Is he not? you got to take him out. There's just so many conversations around D'Angelo. With the amount of players that the Lakers have, and I, I was like looking at his stat line and seeing that, Okay, he's got five assists in a preseason game where he only played half, right? Just using as an example. I I love when it's facilitator D'Angelo, and and I think that's such a natural thing for him. I think he likes passing the ball. I don't think he's a selfish player. I think his offense is there, but I don't think that's what he typically wants to do first. I I feel like he's a, a facilitator first. What kind of season do you want to see from D'Lo knowing that you know, he doesn't have to be the best player or the second best player or the third best player. He just has to play his role and be a part of a team that's got a ton of talent. What what do you envision for D'Lo being a successful season? Yeah, I think that really taking advantage of his versatility is what's going to make this a successful season. And so far, so good. And in preseason, you know, there was – I was very, very – I know he's a very confident person, but – a little bit concerned coming in because of how shell-shocked he appeared to be against the Denver Nuggets. It was nice to see him come out with all the confidence in the world, and that seemed to be uh, a lifetime ago to him out there on the basketball floor. No, nothing seemed to bother him, but we saw him in Game 1 acting as a bit more of a distributor. In Game 2, uh, we saw the, the scoring get going. He was 4 of 5 from deep. I think, and he's talked about this, also says that Austin Reeves has these qualities, that He can do whatever the team needs him to do on the offensive end. If that's playing on ball and creating, if that's playing off ball, he can do that. He can run the pick and roll. Whatever the team needs in that moment, he can provide that. And while understanding what his own limitations are, he will freely admit he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the most explosive player out there on the floor. But because he and Austin both can do those things and they can be uh, just about anything the Lakers need on the offensive end, it allows them to truly complement each other. So you really just want to see, see D'Lo take advantage of that. I don't think night in, night out, you're going to see him dropping 25 points. I don't think night in, night out, you're going to see him getting 10-plus assists. But you'll see him do either one of those things multiple times throughout the season. When the Lakers need him to score, he's going to score. When they need him to, to distribute, he's going to distribute. And that kind of versatility and flexibility is something that permeates this entire team and this entire roster. Uh, Trev, the the NBA, the GMs um, come out every single year and they have, uh, it's the 2023-2024 NBA GM survey and 50 questions ahead of the season and, and all the uh, the GMs answer whatever the questions are. Is the best shooting guard in the NBA, best small forward? They go through the list of everything. Um, a couple here stood out to me and I just want to get your opinion on these. One of the questions was, which team made the best overall moves this offseason? Boston was number one, tied with Milwaukee. So the Celtics getting Porzingis, the Celtics getting Drew Holiday, uh, Milwaukee obviously getting Dame Lillard, Portland at number three, Lakers at number four. You know, I, and not that it's a big deal either way. There's a couple others that I'll bring up that I think is 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 more interesting, but. Um, is, about, is that about right for the Lakers, you think, just of the moves that they made? Is it maybe more because they just re-signed a lot of players that, that they're putting them behind those other teams? Yeah, I don't have a problem with They didn't make the flashy, the flashy move, right? It's not the big splash. The Blazers moved Damian Lillard. That's the big thing. We've been, we've been talking about that literally for years. 
Mm-hmm. Right? The the Celtics pick up Drew Holiday and Porzingis. Uh, the, the Bucks get Damian Lillard. These are the big headline moves. And this summer, Alan, it's been kind of nice. The Lakers didn't do the big flashy yeah. thing. They did what I thought was the responsible thing. And they, they're getting some credit for it, the fourth best, you know, uh, offseason. But I think we're going to see that pay dividends because they're going to have that consistency, that chemistry from last year. So I, I have no problem with this. Okay, th- this is the one that, you know, I, I guess in a way, I, I like when a player is disrespected because I'm thinking to myself, all right, he's maybe he's got a he's got a chip on his shoulder, he's got something to prove, whatever you want to call it. But this one actually makes no sense to me. He said, "Who's the best defensive player in the NBA?" And uh, let's see, they listed two, four, five. They listed six because there's some ties. Also receiving votes is where Anthony Davis was. So AD was not a part of that top six. He was in a category where he was just one of the other players listed as getting votes. I, I, that one I got a difficult one comprehending how Anthony Davis is not even anywhere on that list. It makes no sense whatsoever, Alan. And I hope that AD is taping this up on his bathroom mirror and he's staring it down every day like like Rocky Balboa with Ivan Drago. There you go. And using this as, as motivation here because Kawhi Leonard – has no business being ahead of Anthony Davis on this list. Jaron Jackson Jr. was nowhere near hmm. the tier of defender that Anthony Davis was. We saw it in the playoffs. They went head-to-head. Anthony Davis was head and shoulders the better player. I know, look, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the reigning defensive player of the year. And if you want to say, well, AD doesn't play enough games. AD played more games than Kawhi Leonard last year. AD played more minutes than Jaron Jackson Jr. did last year. You look at the guys that are ahead of AD on this list. There's some really good defensive players, but he is not getting nearly enough credit for how good he is defensively. I think if he can stay healthy, that's a big if. He should be firmly in the mix for defensive player of the year. I think he is one of the great defenders of this generation, and it is mind-boggling that he wound up in the kind of afterthought category in this vote. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That one – that one I, I was I was having a difficult time trying to comprehend or understand. Listen, it's the it's a survey. It's NBA GMs. Uh, I, I guess it is what it is. But I, I knew um, I knew that one was going to get some conversation that that will probably continue for a little bit. Trev, uh, thank you for the time, buddy. Always appreciate your insight. Thank you for uh, taking the time to join the show. And uh, let's uh, let's do this again soon as we get into the regular season. Definitely, that sounds great, Alan. All right, that's uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Um, yeah, I was thrown off by that one. Best defensive player in the NBA. AD's not even on that list. The Kawhi one is a, is a great example uh, as far as impact in the game. I, I, go look at that playoff run. AD had games where he's three blocks, five blocks. I mean, I, I, I don't understand it. Uh, okay, we come back. We got final thoughts. Four preseason games left for the Lakers. Some really good matchups. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to preview uh, also – uh, just kind of a an outlook of the Lakers regular season coming as well. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, thank you to uh, Trevor Lane for joining the show. Uh, kind of flew by tonight, to be honest with you. Uh, got some final thoughts. So th- this is what the Lakers got coming up. Just everybody has an idea. Um, they got four preseason games left. And what I kind of find interesting, I was telling this to Michael uh, yesterday, it doesn't 
typically happen this way where the Lakers are played Brooklyn yesterday. That's kind of random. Brooklyn in the preseason. Brooklyn's got to come all the way. I know they went to Vegas and have to come uh, all the way to Los Angeles. But they're basically here. Uh, Lakers still have the Sacramento Kings, who are a team that uh, I think surprised everybody last year. Mike Brown, I think he won Coach of the Year last year, was excellent in getting a team to buy into what he was trying to sell, and they took the Golden State Warriors to seven games. You know they're building off of everything that they accomplished last year. They still got a matchup against Golden State Warriors. It'll be the second time we get a chance to see Chris Paul and uh, and that crew. I don't think Draymond's coming back yet. I don't. I think Draymond's going to still miss some games. Uh, then you got the Milwaukee Bucks. That game at Crypto as well. And the Bucks game... We're going to get a chance, hopefully, hopefully to see Damian Lillard. I don't think the Lakers play them in a preseason game. They, I know they don't play them until March. So they have two matchups against them, but not until March. So the fact that the Lakers get a little Dame Lillard action, potentially some Giannis Attentacumpo action, the fact that they get that uh, coming up uh, here pretty soon will be fun to see. And then they'll close out the preseason against the Phoenix Suns. That game's actually out in Palm Springs a new arena that they built out there. But the uh, Phoenix Suns will be the uh, last matchup they get. Okay, that's another team that's a powerhouse that's uh, got Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Uh, they just got Yusuf Nurkic, was a part of that deal um, to get Dame out of Portland. Who else is there? Grayson Allen. So they, they got a ton of guys that uh, are going to be a part of that team. And this is not – I mean, I know it's preseason basketball and the games don't count, but the games are going to actually be – Really, really good and exciting. So I think everybody is uh, is looking forward to that. We got pregame action starting tomorrow at 5.30 from Anaheim. So keep that one in mind. We'll get a chance to talk Lakers basketball leading up to the game. And then John and Michael will take it from there. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Thank you to uh, Michael Funches. Thank you to uh, Mario Ruiz and Laura Romo. L.A., have a great rest of your night.